Up World. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. If you're listening to the show right now, go ahead and pause, pause it on your podcast recorder. Go to YouTube and subscribe to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by 2022. That's 2,000 subscribers by New Year's. We can only do it with your help. So help me get there. Subscribe to the show. I truly appreciate it. In today's show, we're having a lot of fun amidst the Blazers drama and amidst some bad losses and some COVID nonsense in the league and and um, and the challenges in our lives and and a, and a busy holiday season here. We're gonna we're just gonna we're gonna lean into the nonsense a little bit and have a little fun. We're gonna share reasons for Blazers optimism as asked by a listener. I'm gonna list off some names if the Blazers, if it comes to it, should the Blazers have to add replacement players, some ideas that I've already already got on deck that I'll throw out there to that would be uh entertaining and maybe help improve the basketball team along the way, and then we'll close the show with a Blazers moment of joy shared by a listener. It is a good one. So let us get into it. Let's go ahead and get it started. Uh, this was a mailbag question sent in by listener Adam at Dame of Thrones on Twitter. Um, Adam asked, what's three positives? What are three positives from the Blazers season that may have been missed among all the drama and negativity? So I skipped this one during uh, the mailbag, to be quite honest, because um I thought it was disingenuous to share uh, optimism at the time, uh, and and people had other questions about trades and CJ McCollum and blah 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 blah. And I try to keep it a little bit thematic. But if you ask questions in the mailbag, I save them, and so I'll uh, I'll I, I'll use them in the mailbag or stuff like this. So let's let's talk about three three reasons, three bright spots in a season that has admittedly been bad. Like for real, the Blazers are closer to last place, fifteenth in the West, than they are to sixth place in the West. As I'm recording this on the evening of December. December 22nd. Um, the other real news and why we're doing this is because the Blazers uh, game against the Brooklyn Nets has been postponed. They were supposed to play on Thursday evening, but that's not happening. Uh, the Nets do not have enough players to play in that game. Uh, they've got too many guys in protocols and uh, haven't signed enough players to do so. I also think one of the reasons is that the, the Nets are supposedly supposed to play on Christmas Day and the league just wants to hold them out, put them in the bubble, keep them where they are, and uh, hope that hope that they will get enough guys out of protocols, test negative, et cetera, et cetera, so they can have that Christmas Day game against the Lakers and LeBron James or whoever might be available for the Lakers. Like, um, who knows when this will be rescheduled? The the Nets do not really have another West Coast trip. Um, they have another one, like, in in the end of March, but it's, there's some back-to-backs in there. They'd have to tack it on to the beginning. Probably. I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking at the schedule. It's, there's not a simple way to do it. I'm sure the league will figure it out one way or another. Perhaps there'll just be a weird one-off. The Blazers once played a one-off in Brooklyn, the longest single game road trip in league history, uh, way back when, when the game was canceled due to, or postponed due to snow. Uh, that was 2015, my first year on the beat. So, uh, we w- they'll figure it out but um we were gonna you know maybe preview talk about that game a little bit but we're not doing that here we're leading this is this show we're gonna have a little fun um, i'm hoping this is a little fun the blazers have been you know if you're if you're a listener to this podcast the blazers probably haven't provided you with a lot of fun so i'm hoping this space provides you with a little fun so let's let's get into adam's question because um there's not there's not going to be a basketball game for a little while um it's unclear when the blazers you know the schedule to play the dallas mavericks next uh but they've got their own COVID situation going on. So, so who knows just yet what, what's going to happen. So right now let's find some bright spots in an otherwise, um, 
an otherwise down season for your Portland Trailblazers. My number one bright spot that's been kind of lost amidst the negativity is that Yusuf Nurkic is making two-pointers. Um, he's 5 of 25 from 3, and I really wish he would stop shooting three-pointers, but whatever. He's making twos. Uh, he is a He's shooting a career high from the field, a career high field goal percentage. He's shooting a career best effective field goal percentage, which takes into account the value of three-pointers. He's not making them, but he's still got them. He's shooting a career best inside three feet. Uh, Nurk's big problem is that he misses layups, and you still see him do it. It certainly happens. Um, but this is as good as he's ever been at it. Um, shooting from the floor, converting in close. Uh, he, he's... You'd still like him to be better, and there's moments when it's frustrating. There's moments when he flips some up that you wish he could make. There's moments when he rushes it. There's moments when, um, you know, he takes his time and, and gets and invites defense. You see all the problems, right? But even even with that, this is like finding optimism in, amidst the negativity. Even when it feels like Nurk isn't having this great um, finishing season, and, and there's some frustrating moments from it, is an, a moment a moment of like to, or a thing to like really point to as 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 like a bright spot is that Nurk. You know, I, I've said here a bunch of times like just make layups. Uh, I don't I'm not worried about the, like the most of his. Uh, there's other parts of his game that he could fix, but like just make layups is a really a, a simpler one that he could get there, and he's doing it better than he ever has. So that's your first uh, moment of, of uh, or your first Blazers bright spot. The second Blazers bright spot is just the all-around play of Nazir Little. Um, there were quite, I had questions of whether Nazir Little was an NBA player this season. Not whether he was a good NBA player or an NBA starter or all these things, but can he contribute on a team that wins games in the league? Now, the Blazers aren't winning games, but it is not because of Nazir Little. He is putting together his best season as a pro, and he's putting it together in... Uh, ways where he is just filling in the cracks of his game. Early in the season, he was an elite offensive rebounder, and he was kind of um, making his making his hay or making you know making his um, making a name for himself, getting noticed because he was one of the best rebounding wings in the league. Finding cracks and and using that explosive athleticism and really good timing to grab offensive rebounds, keep plays alive, dunk home misses. A really 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 good rebounder, and you could see it right out in front of you. And then the last two games, he missed the game against the Pelicans. Um, you know, he's been moved into the starting lineup. He hasn't, he isn't playing like a crazy starter minutes, but he's getting, you know, he's starting each night in the league and he has kind of filled in where he needs to fill in. The last two games that he played, he's, he had uh, eight total assists in back-to-back -back games, averaging four, four assists in two games, very small sample size, but we're looking for bright spots. And the bright spot is that as Nas, different things are being asked of him now that he's in the starting group. Some of the being asked of him now is to be a connector, not just an energy guy, but a guy who can connect and make the offense work. And his ability to drive into the paint and then kick opposite or just make a quick, the the next right smart pass. This isn't like crazy high level reads, but to to swing opposite or makes the next right smart pass. Nazir Little is showing a, a an ability to do that in a way that he hasn't in the past. And that that counts as a reason for Blazers optimism uh, or a reason for a bright spot amidst the negativity to use uh, Adam's terms. I, I think Nas has been, um, to me, he's he surpassed my expectations of him. Could he be an NBA player? He, he is that. Um, is he like, would he start for every, you know, he's starting for the Blazers right now. Would he start for every team in the league? No. But he's he would play for damn near every team in the league except for like the truly truly good ones and even then like could he crack the Suns rotation yeah like he would help um, he's he's that good and that um, that helpful and he's uh, in a season where the Blazers need guys who bring juice and bring energy and you kind of know what you'll get out of them um, into like competitive wise every night you always can count on Nas and he has certainly been a bright spot.
My other bright spot is is um, one that I just absolutely did not see coming, and that's Trendon Watford's defense. Trendon Watford is a two undrafted pick, undrafted player was was not selected in the in the on draft night. Was signed shortly after the draft concluded to a two way contract. Someone who I did not think would sniff the floor this year, and. He's playing not because the Blazers are decimated by injuries or or, or uh, health and safety stuff. Um, one, you know, one injury, right? Like um, they've changed up the rotation a little bit, but like they don't have Cody Zeller and they need a little bit of backup big minutes. And Trenton Watford has come in and played those minutes. Now he's playing four minute cameos. He typically gets like four minutes in the first half to kind of um, provide some, provide a little bit of juice. But he has, he has had his moments where you see his defensive instincts and his good hands. Um, is he like a rotation level NBA player? No. But can he provide, if you need five spot minutes, can he provide some um, some positives in those spot minutes? Absolutely. And he has impressed me with his defensive instincts. He had a, you know, uh, there was a play in the game against the Charlotte Hornets where they got uh, the ball to Miles Bridges um, at the nail, which is like the middle of the free throw line. Got in the middle of the free throw line. Um, and the first time Bridges caught it there, he took, he immediately took Watford to the rack. He just racked him. Just, just uses athleticism, jab step, jab step, get your hips inside of him, lay up, no problem. Like easy bucket, right? Like you kind of half spin to get loose, easy bucket. They went right back to him. They said, let's get this, you know, there's a rookie in here. This is like a mouse in the house situation. Let's go get the young guy. Um, and they went right back at Watford and he he corralled the spin, read Miles's move, Miles Bridges' move and knocked the ball out of his hands for a block. Like, he and it, pretty much every time he plays, he has a deflection or a block shot or a steal on a pass where you can just he has good hands and good defensive instincts. He's also had some moments where he's just straight up looked lost dribbling, passed the ball to the other team, um, doesn't really know how he fits in on the offensive end. But those defensive instincts for me, they count as as a real as a bright spot. Like this is not something I saw coming. I did not think Watford would be a contributor, and he's mostly been a non-negative, mostly just like kind of like a. You know, whatever a neutral contributor with with moments of defense that impress, and for me, that's a bright spot amid the negativity for the Blazers. Those are your three bright spots. Let's move on to a little more nonsense in the second uh, second segment. Let's talk about who the Blazers might add. A whole bunch of teams in the NBA are adding uh, replacement players as as they're decimated by COVID health and safety protocols, or basically just players are entering protocols. The league is now mandating you add players. So now when you have this happen, you don't kind of wait it out and see what happens. You literally, the league says you have to add players because the league wants this thing to keep going. Um, I think there's incentive for basically everyone involved. Um, maybe not like fans and media, but like everyone, um, you know, the t- teams, owners, players um, to have the NBA season keep going. And so they're mandating it's going. And so things like seven-time all-star Joe Johnson has rejoined the Boston Celtics. So who's Joe Johnson? of the Portland Trailblazers. That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. Who's Portland's Joe Johnson? But before we do that, let me tell you about prize picks. It's the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. Got your superstar players, got your end of the bench players, and it's offering props on anything you can think of. Points, assists, rebounds, threes made. Here's what you do. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections so you can win up to 10 times in any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing pros. You're not playing a bunch of different entries. You're literally looking at the numbers. It'll be, you know, Damian Lord over under 23 and a half points. You pick the over, you pick the under. And if you get it right, prize picks pays. I have used prize picks, super easy, um, available in Oregon. If you're, if you're listening in Oregon, like it's, it's super simple, super quick, and like a fun way to kind of, um, stay engaged in the game or stay engaged across multiple games. You can pick multiple sports. So you could do like, say, you know, Monday night football and the Blazers game that night, or, uh, or a 
a college football or a you know whatever a weekend of NFL football and a couple NBA games, you know pick over under on all different types of players. Super easy, super fast. Go to PricePicks.com or go to the App Store and download the app. Uh, all users make that deposit using the promo code NBA. We'll get and if you do that, you will get a fifty dollars if your in your first Price Pick entry scores a single point. That's right. All you got to do. Make a deposit. Use the promo code NBA, and you'll get fifty bucks if your Prize Picks entry scores a single point. It's pretty simple. Pick Damian Lord. He's going to score one point. You're going to get free fifty dollars. Do that. PrizePicks.com or download the app. It's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Today's show is also brought to you by Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile is bringing you the power of saving money. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. So you switch to Poo's Mobile for that same power, the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month and, and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes of Locked on Blazers or whatever podcasts you are listening to. All of that will be on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save with Boost Mobile. And the quick disclaimer here is that free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. All right. So we talked about three bright spots for the Blazers amid the negativity. And I hunted for them because I was just going to yell Dame back a bunch of times. But that's only three games uh so we needed a little more we needed longer trends a little little longer tail on those on those trends what i want to do here though in the second segment is, is uh lean into the nonsense a little bit like i said the celtics signed joe johnson who they drafted in 2001 joe johnson seven-time all-star back iso joe back with the boston celtics um the blazers have not felt the impact of um the surge in COVID-19 cases that it hasn't caught up with them yet. Chances are it will. This is kind of the nature of, I don't know, the situation here in the country and the situation in the league. Um, it, it, it's going to. So instead of, you know, I talked about COVID in the last episode. I don't want to spend a bunch of time doing that in each episode. Life's hard enough. This This place should be fun. So let's have a little fun. If the Blazers are to get to a point where they have to bring, bring in replacement players, who should they call? Who is their Joe Johnson? The number one name that popped in my head when, when I was thinking of this was Rudy Fernandez. Rudy Fernandez still playing out there for Real Madrid. Uh, he's, he's still, he's not even 35 yet. I mean, Rudy is, Rudy could, Rudy could hoop. Um, he'd probably take a pay cut to come join the, the Blazers as a replacement, but whatever, we're doing this for fun. Rudy Fernandez, uh, can't handle the ball a little bit, another playmaker, um, can score, can shoot, real flair, Blazers connection, call Rudy Fernandez. And if you're calling Rudy Fernandez, here's the thing. You have to call Sergio Rodriguez. Them's the rules. Sergio Rodriguez currently plays in the Italian league for uh, for Milan. Uh, you know, a lot of these names on this list are little guards. <laughs> but... Little guards are fun, and also um, for the Blazers' connections, that's just how it works. This is a team built of 6'3 players with a lot of connections to a bunch of 6'3 players in the past. Uh, you got to call Sergio Rodriguez. If you get Sergio and Rudy Fernandez back on the team, you probably have built a playoff roster. Uh, Sergio Rodriguez has, has, you know, has been a star in Europe since he went back. The, the line between star in Europe and starter in the NBA is very, very thin. Uh, I don't think... 
two two players more illustrate that than Rudy Fernandez uh, and and Sergio Sergio Rodriguez, guys who couldn't quite crack starting lineups with consistency in the league, although they were rotation players, and they go back to Europe and they're stars. Like it is, it is really really thin. Uh, both of those guys would help and would be a fun of ton of fun, and you'd get the Spanish connection back with the Blazers. But if those guys don't pick up and you still need help, why not call Eric McCollum? Yeah, he's 6'1", but he's a bucket. Uh, smoke face emoji. Dude's a bucket. Playing for uh, Lokomotive in, 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 in the Russian League right now. Um, one of the best scorers in EuroLeague. Like, dude has just been killing it ever since he scored 80-some in China like in back in 2015. Like, he's just, dude is an absolute bucket. And it would be fun to add Eric McCollum to this roster. There's just, um, you can't you can't convince me otherwise. I, listen, I'm on, I, I, so I got my you know pen and pad here to plan out this episode, and I said, let's have a little fun. Eric McCollum would be fun. The other name you got to call is Portland's own, the pride of Grant High School, and a current star playing for Monaco in the French League. Mike James from Grant to Gucci. Um, listen, Mike James is a bucket. Dude scores. Um, he it's probably why he didn't last in the NBA. Like he played played pretty consistently for the Brooklyn Nets when they needed um that type of thing but like he's a he's not a point guard or a shooting guard he's a score guard like he can go he can go score for you the most important skill in, the, in basketball is scoring um i think in sort of the like nerd era of hoops we want to undervalue buckets but buckets still deeply valuable call mike james if it comes down to it bring mike James home. I know a couple of listeners have have been banging the drum for Mike James to come back. So uh, shout out to you, Ken. Shout out to you, listener Ken, who's been who's been on me about this. Bring Mike James home. Bring Pride of Grant. Go Generals. Uh, shout out to Northeast Portland. NEP. Everyone out there. The other name that came up, and this isn't a Portland connection, but like this is just like honestly what my brain did it was like, what is Epe Udo doing? Uh, Udo was a high draft pick out of Baylor back in the day. He's, you know, 34 years old and has been a pretty good in various levels of uh, high level European basketball. He's currently playing in Italy, but he's, he's played everywhere, played in Turkey, played, um, I believe played in the Russian league for a little bit, played in Greece. Like he's, and he's been, you know, he's been a star. Like I think he's defensive player of the year and stuff at EuroCup. Like uh, he's, and, and first team all year league. Like he's a, he's been a standout and the Blazers could use some center depth. Um, he came back and played for the Jazz a couple seasons ago and was just like a depth, a depth center and then went back to Europe. I'm sure that's a financial thing. I'm sure the, the money is better to be a star in Europe than to be a, a like a, a minimum level guy or like close to the minimum level vet in the, in the NBA. So like Epe does probably doesn't want to <laughs> probably doesn't want to come all the way back here, but um, if the Blazers need center depth, they need length, they need defense, which they absolutely do. And if you're in a pinch, if it comes to it, if it comes to the replacement Shane Falco era of the of the Portland Trailblazers, um, the Shane Falco I would like to see is Epe Udo. If you don't know who Shane Falco is, Google it. Shout out to Keanu Reeves. Uh, the, and the final name that's definitely on my list. Um, when I was thinking of this, I was like, I have so many guards, like Rudy Fernandez, Sergio Rodriguez, Eric McCall, Mike James, like too many guards. This is maybe past first point guard bias. Um, even though I love chuckers. If, if you listen to the show, you know, I love chuckers. I'm a past first point guard who loves shoot first guards. Um, so I was like, the Blazers need a little size. And the size name I came up with is none other than the Chalupa King himself, Luke Babbitt. Luke Babbitt hasn't played professional basketball since 2018 when he last appeared for the Miami Heat. He's cold chilling. Luke Babbitt's probably made enough money that he doesn't need to pursue the dream anymore, but he's big. He's like six, nine. I'm sure he can still shoot. Shooting doesn't go away. Um, 
get Luke Babbitt in the gym. Tell him that, you know, get him, get him like on the whatever, get, get him on the two week plan to get fit. Um, get him on the treadmill, get him, get him, get some shots up. Luke Babbitt can help. Um, he could probably play four in the NBA, no problem at his size. Uh, the shooting would help. The Blazers could really use um, like a stretchy four that isn't Robert Covington because uh, he's not always stretchy. And, and maybe you could even, um, dare I say, play Robert Covington at the three for short stretches. Who could have, who could possibly think of that crazy idea? But Luke Babbitt can shoot it and a shooting force valuable. Um, is Luke Babbitt an NBA player? Nah. <laughs> Probably not. He wasn't really an NBA player when he even was in the league. Like he was, he was like a borderline contributor. Eric Spolstra got a little bit out of him because Eric Spolstra works magic with borderline NBA talents. But um, yeah, call Luke Babbitt. Call the Chalupa first. Bring Chalupas back. Bring back the Chalupa promo. We're tired of Nuggets. Uh, let's get the Chalupas back and let's get Luke Babbitt back in here getting Chalupas for the family. It's just a good idea. That's just good marketing. If you are, um, if you work for the Blazers, you're listening to this podcast, make it happen. Do the Chalupa thing first. Do the Luke Babbitt thing second. All right, let's come back to close the show with a Blazers moment of joy. We're having fun in this episode. Uh, this Blazers season needs fun. And, and the Blazers moment of joy are beyond fun. There are reminders of why we, you, dear listener, and myself, fell in love with this sport, with this team, with what we're doing here. I started this back in the offseason asking listeners to send me moments of joy. Many of them did. And, and, and a moment of joy can mean many things to many different listeners. So listener Michael was kind enough to send us uh, a moment of joy, and I'm going to share that with you in the third segment. But before I do that, I want to tell you about Truebill. You know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam to get you. So don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need you don't want, or they just simply forgot about. And on average, customers save up to $720 per year when they use Truebill. And because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill is here to make it easy. Download the app. See, oh, I download the app. I've used Truebill. Uh, I, I downloaded their app. It took me, I went to truebill.com slash locked on NBA, download the app. In 10 minutes, I downloaded the app, connected all of my um, digital subscriptions and was looking at them in the app with one with one click. I could cancel them. And if it was more than one click, you're paying for a service and a Truebill concierge will cancel your unwanted subscription so you don't have to. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. Talked about three bright spots in the Blazers season. We talked about who might be the Blazers' Joe Johnson. Bring Chalupas back. Free Luke Babbitt. Now I want to share a Blazers moment of joy. Like I said, um, I started this in the offseason when the Blazers kind of... (laughs) Maybe we should have seen this coming, y'all. When the Blazers season started to get a little rocky in June. They fired uh, Terry Stotts and they had some really messy press conferences. And then Damon Lord was openly questioning his future with the franchise. And um, and, and the way the Blazers hired and then um, dealt with Chauncey Billups' introduction was sloppy and and kind of gross as well. And there was some rocky times. We don't need to relitigate them. I don't know why I dragged you through that again. I apologize, y'all. But there was some rocky times. And so I came up with this idea was a Blazers moment of joy. We need 
exude some more joy in our and when we talked about and thought about the basketball team. So I put out the call to listeners to send me a moment of joy. Why you fell in love with the team, a moment you remember that brings you joy, or just whatever when you hear Blazers' moment of joy, what that sparks in you. And many listeners have, have sent me theirs, and I really appreciate it. And I saved them because... Uh, I got a bunch in the off season, and we just didn't get to them. So I'm I'm rolling them out now. When times in times of trouble, Blazers' moment of joy comes to me. So that's what we're gonna do here. This one comes from listener Michael, who writes: I grew up in the banal, expansive prairies known as the Midwest, Omaha, where the biggest local ticket is the Creighton Blue Jays. That's where I became a fan of the game at Creighton games with my dad. Side note: Anthony Tolliver was the shit was. Hey, Anthony Tolliver might still be cool. You don't know. Um, he wasn't a very good NBA player, but Anthony Tolliver Creighton's own was pretty cool. Um, Michael continues. My old head dad saw Oscar Robertson play for the Cincinnati Royals, lived in Boston during the bird years in the 80s, and then in Seattle in the 90s. I had a Detlef Schrempf poster in my bedroom until I was 18. While we're not close, basketball is collectively our favorite sport as a family. Enjoying the game was was and is a family pastime where we tolerate each other's company by sharing joy in the sport together. I look forward to sharing these moments with my family every time I see them. Around 2006, my older sister escaped Nebraska and moved to Portland, the same year as Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge were drafted, slash traded to the Blazers. I say drafted. It's, you're getting in the weeds when you say traded. At the same time, pretty much 2007, the Sonics were playing their last season in the Emerald City. I needed a new team, so I took up the Motley Blazers with Steve Blake, Travis Outlaw, Joel Prisbilla, Rudy Fernandez. Fast forward three years. It's April 23, 2010. I'm 14 years old. Being a Portland fan had amounted to very little so far. Luis Scola sinks mid-range jumpers in my nightmares. Aside from several late-game heroics from Brandon Roy, my favorite player. I'm sitting together with my sister in our grandmother's living room watching Game 4 of the 2010 first-round series between the Blazers and the Suns. It was your boys Nick Batum, Marcus Aldrich, Jared Bayless, Gerald Wallace, Marcus Camby, Andre Miller, and eight days off knee surgery Brandon Roy versus peak Jason Richardson, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, Leandro Barbosa, Goran Dragic, Jared Dudley, and Lou Amundsen. How did Lou Amundsen make this email? Congratulations, Michael. First Lou Amundsen mentioned on the podcast. Michael continues. The Suns had blown the Blazers out in games two and three following an early Blazers win, and Roy's proverbial break-in case-of-emergency glass case was shattered. He was brought in the early second quarter to save the day to absolutely thunderous roars from the Portland faithful. This riled me up. I was already emotional from dealing from the loss of my grandmother, the matriarch of the family, and seeing Brandon jeopardize his health and future in the sport so that so many people could celebrate his triumphant return brought me a formative basketball fandom moment. Excitement, joy, and amazement. He followed through with a vintage B-Roy performance, a masterpiece, tying the game with a three with five to go, then nailing the dagger out elbow jumper with less than two to play to seal the game. I remember jumping up and yelling because I knew we had won. It was written all over everyone's faces, even with a minute and change to play. Unlikely to win a championship, the team had come together around Roy, their leader to win game four, all while holding the great D'Antoni Suns to 87 points. I loved that team like they were my family. But the Suns would win the series, leaving me to pick up the pieces of what was a valuable lesson about life and Blazers fandom. That it's a winding journey, a whirlwind of emotion, and high stakes, all with little promise for meaningful payout in the grand scheme, and likely a somewhat sad ending. But that doesn't mean we can't enjoy the ride. Much love and thank you, Michael. 
Michael, this is a special one. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to share this story. Uh, that Blazers, that game, the B-Roy game sticks out to me. Um, I remember him going to the scorer's table. And as he goes to the scorer's table, Jared Bayless raises up and hits a three-pointer. And the crowd is going nuts. I believe the Blazers went on a 9-0 run from the moment that Roy got off the bench until he checked in the game. It was like the the magic of B-Roy had inspired them simply by just standing up and deciding to play. Um, it's also a reminder that those moments, that little moment packed in, you know, what was a first round losing series can be a moment of joy and that you should, as much as you possibly can, hold tightly to those moments, hold tightly to your joy. Uh, life and basketball are challenging. Blazers fandom does not, uh, has not often uh, given you a bunch of rewards. It has challenged you if you're into this team. And that's the reason that we do these moments of joy, to remind you that when a little moment pops up, when Trenton Watford blocks Miles Bridges, when Yusuf Nurkic starts making layups more often, when Nazir Little starts to see the floor better as he gets more time, to hold on to those moments of joy. When Brandon Roy gets off the bench knowing that it's um, he's less than two weeks removed from meniscus surgery, but it's special. Remember those special moments. Cling tightly to them and cling tightly to all of your moments of joy. Michael, thanks for sharing that. If you, dear listener, have a moment of joy, send me an email. LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com. I save them. Uh, honestly, like, I'll just be honest with you. No guarantee when I use these, but the Blazer season is a little bit rocky, so we might do them more often. Uh, probably once a month or so, but um, if you have one, share it with me. I'll save it. Uh, this Michael sent this to me months ago, like uh, back in August, so um, I hold on to them. I keep them. I file them away, and I read them because I if nothing else, I really enjoy them, and I hope you do too. And it's a reminder that joy is fleeting, but joy is deeply important. So cling cling as tightly as you possibly can to it. That is going to do it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the nonsense. Um, th- there'll be more basketball and more stuff coming, but there's no Blazer game on the horizon, so I, I wanted to take this moment um, to bring you a little bit of nonsense. Uh, we're going to have one more show this week. This is Thursday show. It's going to be out in your feed uh, December 23rd. I'm I'm doing my best to get uh, uh, a, uh, a certain athletic writer on the show for, um, f- for what will be Friday show, December 24th. It might not work out because our schedules, I'm on the other side of the country. Uh, he has a job. It's, it might not work out for us, but I'm doing my best. So there will be a show for you Friday um, on Christmas Eve if, uh, if you're looking for it. Regardless, we do a daily podcast here. So subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'd really appreciate the support and tell your friends to do the same. People hear about podcasts by word of mouth. Tell your friends. If you have a friend who's a Blazer fan who might like the show, if you tell them, you can you can help me. You can convert a listener simply by telling someone. That's that is the absolute best advertising you do for the show. So do that. Come back soon. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.